Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.com. Coming up, our guest on BOC Live is Denny Gertler of the Can Delta team. He'll be talking about all things cannabis retail at the farm gate in advance of an event they are hosting on May 4th with the team at Kova called How to Navigate Farm Gate Cannabis Retail. Check it out on Kova Software's website. Denny Gertler, thanks for being here on a Monday morning. Jay, always a pleasure. It's uh, spring is upon us in Ontario. Um, and that's a lead in because uh, last week we learned the first, let's call it cannabis farm gate store had opened uh, Thrive Cannabis. And I think there may be one other. Last time we talked to someone from Canal Delta, we connected with Vanessa, who talked sort of big picture what farm gate is allowed in like different provinces or not, or there's regulations or not. I want to talk to you to dive a little bit deeper about that. From your perspective, like what is cannabis farm gate? And then we'll go to like what it actually means for consumers and for stores and for producers. Okay, well, Jay, it's uh, timing couldn't be better as you pointed out. In fact, I think the Thrive opening is historic because in my checking, I do not think there is another true farm gate store open. Um, even though there, there might be some that are farm gate like, uh, but actually, you know, even in Saskatchewan, I was speaking to the Saskatchewan government there and they, they couldn't think of one. And then they have the most permissive policies of any jurisdiction. So I think it's unlikely, like Thrive is probably the first, but let me try and explain what I think of farm gate stores. So, you know, first of all, there's a lot of confusion around this. You know, people are thinking, is it a type of store? Is it a consumer experience? Is it a business concept? You know, what is it exactly? So I went back to the legislation as I want to do and discovered there's no explicit mention in the Cannabis Act. Uh, Section 69 talks about possession, sale and distribution, which is permitted if authorized by a province. So then that kind of pushes it back to the province. And as we know, each provincial scheme is very different. So that means every retail farm gate operation is likely to be different too. Uh, Standard and microprocessors with the sales amendment uh, may sell cannabis to recreational consumers as a baseline, uh, but that's all it says, right? Uh, There has been some talk about in BC, which hasn't formulated a policy yet of allowing uh, nurseries to sell clones and seeds maybe or plants. Uh, but that policy has not yet been developed, and it's probably a year out. BC, BC hates to rush. <laughs> I guess. But uh, for the sake of this discussion, let's call it a provincially authorized retail store owned by a federally licensed producer selling their own uh, cannabis products and accessories next to their own production facility. I like it. That's a pretty good description. Thank you. <laughs> and, and like, and... and um... I mean, that, that all makes sense. But as you said, like Ontario, we just had our first one over once. Saskatchewan can't think of any BC's ways behind. Like, wh- what does it look like across the country now? Well, as I said, it's different in every province. So really, the only provinces that actually can 
contemplate having a store right now are Saskatchewan and Ontario. And I, by that, I mean a true store that meets the description or the, that I invented just now. <laughs> uh, so, you know, a key feature here is direct sales to the consumers from your own vault. It uh, doesn't mean you can't sell other producers product, but um, if you look at what Farmgate is in, in, uh, in breweries and distilleries and wineries, you know, you're not gonna go to a winery and they're selling somebody else's wine, generally speaking. It's, you know, it's the connection, that point of sale at the place where the product is made. So as we talked about earlier, BC is developing a retail policy and there's lots of promising noise around that. They seem to be focusing on small scale producers. They've got a number of complementary programs in the works, uh, you know, that would enable micros to, um, you know, to bypass the current distribution scheme with the government. The government will still take its piece, of course, but we don't know what that's gonna look like. There's an Aboriginal shelf space program um, that's already kind of, it's not officially launched, but there's already an agreement with the Williams Lake First Nation, for example, that would enable them to open a farm gate store. Um, and they, uh, so that's a, a ways off too. We don't know if it'll be a true farm gate. Uh, Alberta does allow a store adjacent to the production site, uh, but supply requirements are really not designed to support direct sales from the site to the consumer. Right. Um, and I heard, got a, a, an earful <laughs> from Kylie Beaudry at Parkland Flower about this because I know she'd be right at the front of the line wanting to open one of those stores if she could. Yeah. And, and really there's nothing in other provinces. Um, some of them, you know, like Quebec, like forget it. Uh, it's so kind of uh, the antithetical just to cannibal cannabis, cannibal, cannabis sales uh, in general that Farmgate isn't even, uh, you know, an inkling there. Uh, I haven't really heard of anything. I've looked at some of the websites in the Maritimes. Um, really, there's just two provinces right now. Yeah, it's really slow. Can, can we talk about one thing that I, I know has come up and there was actually some conversation on Twitter last week uh, and actually in some of the news stories as well about how the sales actually go. So let's talk Take Thrive. They have an outdoor farm. Next to their outdoor farm is this Farmgate store. Yeah. Um, like the, I assume the product moves from the production side into the store package and all that. But like, do you pay, do they pay the Ontario cannabis store anyway? Like what is, the, what's the flow of product if you know? Well, actually I have to uh, tip my hat to the OCS on this one because they have thought it through and it's really a paper transaction. Okay. You know, what it involves is uh, a Thrive designating part of their secured storage area as OCS warehouse. Okay. So on paper, the transaction, you know, mimics what the normal transaction would be, but without the hassle of having to sell, send your product uh, to the actual warehouse and then wait for it to be recouped. Um, they still take, you know, their, their, uh, you know, a portion of the, of the, the, the cost, you know, in line, but it's, it's very easy. Uh, I think they're still talking about, you know, frequency of uh, the process, because you don't want to wait too long between, uh, you know, the different orders, right? You want to preserve the freshness of the product. So you, you want to have a process that facilitates moving it from the vault. Um, into the store, but as long as uh, you know it's there isn't too much paperwork involved, or if, 
if there is paperwork, it, it, it's processed quickly or electronically. Um, I think they're still sorting that out, but uh, bottom line is it's possible. If not, it's still, the, the major benefit of being able to sell it on your own facility does not uh, minish, diminish the fact that you still have to pay the Ontario wholesaler. I'll say it so you don't have to. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be fair, nine out of 10 provinces have a wholesaler. Sure. Right, only Saskatchewan doesn't. And I, uh, I think their system is by far sort of the most elegant and simple. Uh, you know, on the other hand, I have heard from some small retailers that they actually appreciate the OCS because yes. they get data, they get assistance with ordering, you know, if, if they can't afford proper inventory management support, they get at least the beginning of that from the wholesaler. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's not an entirely evil system, but, um, you know, obviously, you know, I'm in the private sector now as an ex-government guy. And I tend to prefer like a model like Saskatchewan. <laughs> so do I, um, as someone who talks about it a fair amount. But but actually on that exact point, like what are some of the like the, the challenges uh, that have come up related to Farmgate in Ontario or anywhere else? Yeah, so there are quite a few. And I don't think they're engineered to bedevil, you know, would-be Farmgate retailers. I think nobody really just thought about it, to be honest. I mean, maybe BC because there's specific ownership restrictions. Um, and, uh, you know, so the concern and my colleague Vanessa uh, Barrows talked about this as well, that uh, they intentionally uh, forbid uh, producers to own, you know, uh, the, the retail store. So that's kind of problematic. Uh, there are no policies really about Farmgate in BC, Alberta and the Maritimes. So it's sort of by omission um, that's an issue because people don't know what they can and can't do. And in the absence of a policy, they can't really do anything. Um, Alberta at first blush looks supportive, but um, you know, there are no restrictions on ownership, for example, there. Uh, you can be an LP and own multiple stores in the province. And there are a couple that do that have stores in the West Edmonton Mall, for example. But the supply arrangements make it very difficult uh, to have a farm gate. So if you're a large LP, um, the way I understand it is you can you have to ship your product to uh, the same organization that that is actually the uh, regulator <laughs> as well. So I won't talk about that aspect. But the uh, and then you got to wait for it to come back. Uh, gather there's some sort of an internal lottery system, so you don't necessarily get back what you request. Mm. Uh, it goes into the system. Now that may not be a problem if you got if you're sending in a large order, but uh, if you're a micro, uh, I've had uh, you know uh, one micro owner in Alberta tell me that she can't run a Farmgate store like that because right. if she sends 50 cases of cannabis to you know to to uh, the wholesaler, she might get two back, and 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 saying nothing of how long that's going to take. Right, so it's the stability designed. Now the Alberta government claims they're studying other jurisdictions. Um, I've called them three times; they never returned my calls. Uh, so I don't know what's up their sleeve. I, people in the actual public service there have been very responsive to our inquiries, but they're not in a position to to opine on this because nobody really knows, right? right. Um, there are a number of other issues too. I mean, uh, zoning. 
like let's not forget the municipal government, uh, whether it's a rural or an urban location, um, might make it difficult or impossible to have a farm gate facility. And let's face it, I think when a lot of the LPs set up themselves, they're in light industrial areas quite often. They're not exactly the best places for retail activity. They may be miles away uh, from another retail zone, um, or they may be, you know, uh, distance in some fashion. There's certainly unlikely to be any foot traffic. Uh, so, you know, that in itself is an issue, perhaps. Uh, sometimes uh, there is the possibility of a variance to the zoning, but um, there's a lot of misunderstanding in some municipalities. Some think that, you know, they want to see a license, a production license first, not realizing that um, the store, the, the facility has to be completely built out before they get licensed. So there, uh, people in that situation are caught in a bit of a catch-22. Uh, requirements for standalone stores themselves uh, may be uh, prohibitive for micros. So, you know, they already have uh, a facility with cameras and, and security, but now they've got to, you know, set up another uh, standalone store with cameras and all the other security requirements. And they just feel that financially it's prohibitive. Mm -hmm. uh, insurance costs. Let's talk about that. It's below the rate. It's below the tip of the iceberg in a way, but recall insurance can be very expensive. So even in Ontario, where they reduced uh, it to $5 million uh, about a year ago, not even a year ago, um, you know, for a micro that translates to about $70,000 a year or so or uh, and up. Um, what else? A uh, lack of a coherent business model itself. So let's forget about blaming government, wholesalers, you know, politicians. Let's look at uh, the business model. I mean, I think a lot of the, uh, the early um, uh, uh, ROLs that were you know, given in Ontario were to producers who may not have completely thought that through because some of them have paused their, their uh, journey to a farm gate. I mean, why are you opening a farm gate? What's the value of it for you as a company? And it may be entirely different. You know, we saw Thrive uh, really has thought it through. Um, they really, uh, you know, wanted to open something genuine that was in a rural setting. Uh, they have actually, maybe you've seen them in their LinkedIn post, uh, this old truck from the 40s with mud on the wheels with an old fashioned sign in front of their facility. You, when you go there, there's outdoor growing, you know, within sight of the Farmgate store. Mm -hmm. Like it, you know, it, it evokes the whole concept of being on a farm, which it is. Right. On, on the other hand, if you're in a, an urban setting, you've got a, a different sort of set of variables to consider. And so what's the value to you? Right, right. But, but with that, and, and as you sort of touched on, you know, Thrive sees real opportunity, right? And I think, um, you know, I, I envision the most, the, the perfect Farmgate store is, well, what Thrive is doing, but on an outdoor grow with some, visuals of an actual farm in a rural setting. And I know that they're not gonna sort of fit that category, but for, from your perspective, what are some of the opportunities for, as, as you described, like your definition of a federally licensed um, person actually opening a farm gate store, like what do you think some of the opportunities are for some of these folks? Well, I think in, increased uh, market engagement for, for sure, right? So um, Meds Cannabis, which is I think gonna be the second store to open in Ontario. Yeah. Uh, they're in Etobicoke. Um, they're in more of a light industrial setting, which is interesting, right? Um, they think it's really important, I think, from, uh, you know, 
as an opportunity to meet and speak directly with customers. So I applaud them for that. I'm sure Thrive has a similar idea. Uh, and if you go and talk to, uh, to wineries and, and, and winemakers, I mean, you can go and talk to the winemaker in a lot of these places right? Uh, and see where the product is made, right? So it, it deepens connection with your customers. Uh, it provides a venue for education. So if you're part of your mission as a company is to uh, move people up, um, then a, th a, a Farmgate location might be ideal for that. You think about what happened with wineries uh, in Ontario. If you go back 30 or 40 years, when Baby Duck was the creme de la creme of Ontario wine, I'm being a bit facetious, but there was definitely an education aspect to, uh, for the consumer to understand uh, that there were a whole variety of other types of wines um, and that if you were driving towards increasing the quality of the product, which has been incredibly important for the Ontario and BC wine industries uh, and for Nova Scotia as well. Well, the, you know, education is not, um, you know, just a nice to have, it's a must have. It's also, I think also a branding opportunity to build a market identity, to reach specific segments. And Thrive is actually incorporated into their brand. Yeah. Uh, and this is easier to do if you're aiming for a kind of a craft product or a, uh, you know, a high quality product. Uh, it evokes the whole concept of being, you know, pulling the vegetables out of the ground, out of the dirt and handing it to your customer. Yeah. Actually, remember a farm stand uh, uh, unfortunately closed where they didn't have uh, a vegetable I wanted. And so the guy bolted out to the field and pulled up, and I think it was carrots, and just pulled up a bunch of carrots and then handed to the with the dirt hanging off them. I like and, that. Yeah. I don't think we'll get there in cannabis, but uh, certainly <laughs> not unless no. you can somehow have a paper trail between that pulling of that uh, flower and, and directly to the o OCS and back. Um, no, I think it's, it, it, is, it, it evokes all of those things and it is really important and really interesting uh, to think about the sort of um, ramifications, the benefits to brand education, to um, engagement of your, your consumers, the segmentation, all of those things. Like, I can't wait for more. Like, I think that this is going to be a really exciting sort of component of the sector. Um, and I guess from your sort of lens, do you think we will see um, many more of these or you think there'll be sort of a wait and see approach to see how the thrives and the meds actually go to see if they can make a run of it in a sort of suburban setting or a rural setting? And then I assume there'll be some sort of urban settings too. Yeah, so this is speculative, of course. It's really early days. Um, I don't think every producer is gonna open up a farm gate. Uh, maybe eventually, you know, but uh, many will adopt a wait and see. Some of them have rushed in and said, wait a second, um, am I undercutting the sales of, uh, of retailers in my neighborhood or who are dedicated to selling my product? You know, others may be pondering what the value proposition is from their point of view. So it's probably not for everyone, right. but you know, I think it has huge opportunity. Um, you mentioned uh, the larger LPs in an urban setting. I think they can do something meaningful too. Think about craft breweries, yeah. you know, and that whole experience, you know, where there's something about going to wherever it's made uh, and, uh, and just checking it out. You still have the same opportunity to engage with your customers. Uh, you might have different types of ancillary activities. And this is another element of Farmgate that isn't in regulation at all yet, because partly because of age gating, that's a concern. But, you know, the people I've talked to have said it'd be great to do demos, uh, 
Uh, we'd like to do tours. We'd like to uh, focus on the different uh, growth stages of the plant. And I believe uh, Dykstra Greenhouses, uh, which is on the wine route, is thinking of doing something like that. So, yeah. you know, the, the sky's the limit in terms of creativity and options. Um, so I think we will eventually see quite a few more of them, but who knows? Right. Well, I, it, it's three things come to mind. One, you said where things are actually happening. I think of sort of steam whistle in the roundhouse in Toronto, right? It is a, it is a destination unto itself, whether you like beer, whether you like their beer or not, it is, it is a cool place to go and, and sort of spend time. The other is when we talked to Vanessa, we talked about Chudley's sort of an apple picking <laughs> environment, but, but I also mentioned, uh, we've, we've been talking to a, um, a grower and a retail and a brand in uh, Santa Cruz, California. And they have a, they call it their grow room showroom where they uh -huh. have up front, it's like, you know, the store and there's a huge glass wall and you can see into the grow room, which I don't know if we'll ever get to in Ontario or anywhere, but the concept itself is really fantastic. Yeah, California, uh, especially the Emerald Triangle is on my bucket list. Yeah, right? well, we can do a whole Canadian ideas. tour there. Pardon me? We'll take a whole bus, a whole bunch of Canadians. We'll just like, Get a bus and like cruise around. That'll be that. Well, that's on the list now. Uh, as long Denny, as you're not driving the bus, I'm not. Don't, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna hire a driver. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Denny, I appreciate your time this Monday morning. Uh, looking forward to uh, spending time out on the farm, uh, and we will uh, we'll connect with you down the road. Thanks for making time. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate. That was Denny Gertler of Can Delta talking about cannabis farm gate in Ontario and other provinces. You can catch him, the rest of the CanDelta team, and Cova Software and Thrive Cannabis at How to Navigate Farmgate Cannabis Retail on May 4th. Check out how to register on Cova Software's website. Thank you for joining us on B of C Live today. We're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, CanDelta, Headset, Gallagher, and Torque and Maine.